Hey ho, and what do you know? Welcome everybody to another edition of the Top Dogs Podcast. I am one half of the Top Dogs, Alex Hale, joined as always by my goose, Jack McCurry. Jack, how are you, buddy? Man, it has been a long, stressful week. I you? know. I mean, I I got to Saratoga Springs in one piece, and we're doing this live from Saratoga Springs. Uh, very weird. Never done a pod from up here before. So, hey. And, of course, I get off my flight in not, like, four hours after my flight. I'm back working on, like, five different articles because the Browns are like, screw your vacation. What vacation did you ever have? Uh, Jesus. And the talk about, you all know what we're talking about today. I don't even need to talk about it. But I feel like because of what we're going to be discussing, I wanted a female's perspective on this show. And I know someone who has been vehemently against this from day one, whether it be publicly on Twitter, privately in our PlayStation parties, all that stuff. We brought back Caitlin Marshall from Crunchdown with Caitlin. Kay, how are you? I'm pretty good, man. I'm pretty good. A little conflicted, or a lot of conflicted, but, you know. I think we all are. I, I think that's the reality of the situation. I mean, we're not going to really waste any time into this because I hate to say this is going to be a serious episode, but it's going to be a little bit of a serious episode because I think we need to have a true discussion on this. Obviously, as of yesterday, we're recording on a Saturday. It's Friday. Um, the Cleveland Browns traded three first-round picks, a third-round pick, what, in 2023, and a fifth-rounder in 2024. Fourth-rounder in 2024. Okay, fourth-rounder, 2024. To the Houston Texans, as Deshaun Watson has agreed to waive his no-trade clause to only Cleveland, making Deshaun Watson a Cleveland Brown with a brand new shiny five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed contract. Now, if, last time we had Kay on, we, we kind of, you pointed out, Kay, we were kind of ominous, you know, about what was going on with Baker. And we'll get to that probably towards the end of the show. Um, this move i'm just gonna say this first because as the listeners of this show for the past almost year now know i'm a survivor of sexual assault i have said my story on here and i've been in therapy since july about it i'm in a very good place handling with my ptsd with it but this trade has me pissed for all survivors and anyone who has been a victim of sexual assault ever. And I don't know. I get the football analysis of this. I do not get the optics of it. Are you that desperate to win, to alienate so many of your fans? Are we really willing to sell our entire souls for one title that's where i'm having a problem with it as i said on twitter if you follow me at the cle sports guy last night i've made my statement i'm not going to games period i don't even care if i'm offered a free ticket i'm not going i am not buying any merchandise period 
end of story. I was going to get a custom jersey, but no, I'm not doing that because the way I see it, the Haslam's are so hell-bent on winning a title. They're willing to sacrifice our moral values as an organization. And with how much they talk about doing good for women, not just in the NFL, but in the community, I am beyond stunned they did this. Beyond stunned. I, I'm at a loss for words, honestly. And while I can never take the Browns fan out of me that will want to watch every Sunday rooting on the, what, 52 other men on the team that don't have, well, actually there are others that have, but they're cleared now. The 52 others that are fine, I'll do that. But the one player, it's just a slap in the face to everybody who has been a victim that, you know, being a a great franchise quarterback gets you so much further ahead than everybody because of your athletic gifts and we're disregarding all the bad you've done. Potentially, I mean, it's allegedly, I mean, Obviously, he's cleared of criminal charges, and I really hated hearing in some of the spaces, well, he's cleared of criminal charges. So is O.J. Simpson. So is O.J. And how did that turn out? How was it? And I'll even say this, even Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul. And yes, he made up with a lot of people. But still, there are a lot of haters of Kobe and people who have dealt with it who've never forgiven Kobe Bryant so yeah I'm sorry you want to say he's cleared of criminal charges it's like they say in a Spider-Man No Way Home the biggest test you may be cleared of criminal charges but you're never going to be cleared in the uh, court of public opinion I mean 22 people are lying well I would like to sit here and believe that the Houston owners did do all of this and created a firestorm to sabotage him. I'd like to believe that, but I just can't believe that that number, that that's too ridiculous. If it was maybe two or three, okay, maybe, maybe you might have a case, but 22, I mean, at the end of the day, one is enough. Only one is enough. And for me being up here in Saratoga, I have to explain to my little cousin that, you know, why I'm conflicted. And I have to explain to him that, you know, if he ever were to do anything like that, he's dead to me, like done. Goodbye. Like, I don't wish to know him. And his mother even chimed in and said, yeah, same thing. So it was tough for me to explain to him what the Browns just did and why there are people in spaces celebrating this move. And even, I'll be honest, at first, because as a Browns fan, I was excited at first because I'm like, oh my God, great quarterback. You know, we've been waiting years for a great quarterback and here it is. And then reality sets in and you feel dirty. And then I realized my connection. I'm like, no, not like this, not like this. And that's where I had to, I had to find peace with it and I have found peace with it in terms of, I cannot control what the Browns do. And to most fans, you can't control what the Browns are going to do. Plain and simple. If you're a fan, 
make your own decision what you want to do with the Browns for the next few years as Deshaun Watson's going to be the quarterback for this team. And whatever you decide to do, I respect it. I will not respect you jumping to another in-division rival fan base because we don't need to go down the list of Ray Lewis killed a guy, Ben Roethlisberger raped two women, and the countless people the Bengals fan base has put up with. So we don't need to do that. Every franchise isn't perfect, but at least they're rivals. So like, if you're doing that, you weren't a fan. If you want to go root for another team that's not in division, I do not blame you. That's why I've always had the Packers as a backup team. I've always had them for that. And man, I just, I don't know. I, I man. Uh, Jack, we'll, we'll go with your thoughts and then Kay, if you can bring your thoughts as well, let's go around the table here. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I just, ever since the trade got announced, I've had like a knot in my stomach. Um, I mean, it, it's, it, it's been better today, but it's, it's, you still feel so uneasy. Cause I mean, yeah, you'll look at the football aspect and yeah, Deshaun Watson is an upgrade at the quarterback position, but morally you can't support this just because of what's being alleged against him immediately I thought of you know anybody that has been sexually assaulted or is a victim of it you even Alex I thought of you immediately just because I know your story and your history and it's just like you said it's gonna be hard to support him on the Cleveland Browns like the team I can support the team but I it doesn't mean I'm gonna cheer for Deshaun Watson like, I just feel so uneasy doing that. Um, you know, me and Anthony did our reaction to it last night on the dog land. And that was the most uncomfortable podcast episode I've ever recorded. And I've been doing this for what five, six years now. Like, I just, I hated having to talk about that because I did not want this to happen. Now it's like, you have to, we have to cover him because we know we all work at the dog land. So we all have to cover him. We have to analyze him as a football player. Like, I just, it doesn't feel right. And like, I don't and know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bail on the Browns. Like I can't like one in 31. I said I was done with the team five years later. I'm still with the team. I, the Browns are like connected to me. They're like being part of like my, they're part of my literally, life. Literally Jack. I think I said it best. The Browns are like dating apps. You get so disgusted after a while. You say you're done with them, but guess what? You're not. You never are. And you just keep trying to find hope in all of it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, that's I just, hate to say that's the, the perfect analogy, but it's true. I mean, yeah, it does sound about right. But like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't blame anybody for saying I'm done with the Browns. Like, I don't blame them, especially especially women, like if women like having to try to support a team that has someone like Deshaun Watson and yes, he didn't get charged criminally, but you can't tell me all 22 of those women are lying. Like you can't tell me that they're all making it up. Like I, like I said, I still can't find the words to describe how I feel. It's just like, I'm morally like totally against this. And like, I can't blame anybody for leaving. I'm getting really tired of people getting attacked on social media for it, for saying I'm done with the Browns. Like there's people that I follow that are part of the Browns Twitter community that are getting attacked. Like it's unnecessary. 
Like people can feel the way they want to feel. You can't tell somebody how to feel. You can't tell somebody what they can and can't do. Like we're our own human beings. We have our own opinions. We have our own morals. Like we have to follow them. But, but yeah, it's just been, it's been a crazy 24 hours still trying to stomach all this. And like, hopefully I can have the better words to describe it at some point, but but yeah, it's, that's just yeah. that's just my opinion. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll let you have your time. Yeah, it just it sucks that we're sitting here, and the NFL and sports organizations kind of put fans in this, you know, kind of conundrum of having to choose between what a fan thinks is is right and wrong, versus like what the NFL thinks is right and wrong. Because we could say we hate Deshaun Watson all we want. But the reality of the situation was he was going to play in the NFL again. Yeah, that, that was not a question. Um, and for some fans to go, he's going to play in the NFL again. It might as well be for my favorite team because he's a top five quarterback. I get it. Like I, I, I totally get it. When when it came out, what was it Thursday that the Browns were out? Like I was relieved. I was like, oh, right, like, a lot of us, I think, were. Thank it was like a weight. We, it was like a weight lifted off our shoulders. Yep, and I was like, "Thank goodness, like we don't have to deal with with the hoopla." Like, you know, we we'll trade Baker, we'll get Jimmy G or whoever, and you know, it'll it'll quiet uh quiet the narrative around the Browns, or quiet the locker room around the around the Browns, and you know, now it's just like, you know, like when I initially saw you know the Adam Schefter thing, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like. We just got Deshaun Watson, like a top five quarterback. But it, again, like like you guys keep saying, like, like what the fuck? Like we got Deshaun Watson. Like what? Like it? Can I just interject and just say something? And you mentioned about like how the NFL deals with things and punishments and stuff like that. I I want to say this out loud because Calvin Ridley is suspended for at least a year for gambling on his own games. Deshaun Watson. He wasn't even playing. Deshaun Watson has 22 allegations of sexual assault against him. And they still won't even say how long he's even suspended for. Heck, he wasn't even suspended last year. He was just benched because Houston wasn't dealing with them. If Houston wanted to, and he was willing... Deshaun could have played last year. And there's a chance I would even argue his suspension will be a slap in the wrist. So tell me where, you know, the NFL talks about inclusion and diversity and all this stuff that's supposed to empower women. But yet when it comes to a Deshaun Watson, you're not basically saying you're banned from football because let's be honest. He should have been banned from football until this situation was cleared. I mean, it should have been indefinite ban. You can't trade him. You can't play him. He can't be on a roster. His contract is voided until the entire thing is done. The commissioner could have, Roger Goodell could have done this. Like Josh Gordon smokes one thing of weed and he's out for a year. But Deshaun Watson, doesn't even get anything where is the fairness here where is your moral values and everything you're talking about 
standing for if you're the NFL that now the Browns go get them where it could have been the hometown boy goes back to Atlanta or New Orleans gets their Drew Brees replacement. I mean, I don't get where the NFL gets off in saying all this stuff they're doing for women, but yet they don't give a crap about what's going on with the women in the Deshaun Watson case. That's what's bugging me. I don't understand why certain player, like it, I mean, and here's the reality of the situation. If you're good enough, you're going to get a second or third chance. Yep. You know, even college kid, college players who were pieces of shit in college, like, should they be draft eligible? Probably not. But here's the, here's the issue. All it does is it drops their value to a later round pick. And then you see somebody, you know, you see like a Tyree kill or whatever, you know, go from maybe being a a potential first round pick if you stayed at Oklahoma State to being a later round pick because of the off off the field issues. And now, you know, the Chiefs find a a great value in, you know, somebody like him. It it just, it just sucks. Like, I, I don't think even, even with like potential cases being, um made up i'm just like hypothetically hypothetically speaking yeah if the nfl just had a zero tolerance policy when it comes to players or draft prospects um having some type of like assault or you know uh sexual assault charge or or something like that you know like that should that should disqualify you from even being able to play in the NFL, the NBA, MLB, like, like all of that. And if you exactly. go through like the, the, the entire quarter law and like, it is, it is found without a reasonable doubt, like, you know, that this person did not do it. And, and, and this player or prospect was, was framed or whatever, then yeah, br- bring him in. But I, I can't, it's so tough to mentally justify. It's like sitting here looking at, Desha- like you can look at Deshaun Watson tape and go, there are 22 players on the football field, and each one of those players represents a civil suit. Yeah, shit, when you put it that way, Jesus Christ! Like that's insane. You read the articles and you're like, uh, especially the Sports Illustrated ones that really broke it. And I think it was the the article in May of 2021, or yeah, yeah, 2020, yeah, yeah, 2021. And basically it went through like, so Watson has the 22 civil suits sought out 40 in total, 44 licensed massage therapists on social media on stuff like that. So you're saying half of the people he sought out had a story to tell and had some type of, you know, issue with him that ultimately could have ended up like in, in a civil case or, or, you know, they thought to try to bring criminal charges against him. Like, like that's insane to me. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're sitting here like, what the fuck? And all, all right. that being said, you know, we can't control anything as fans. And like Jack said, if, 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 if you don't want to be a fan anymore, like I cannot, like, I, I get it. Trust me. I get it. I, I, I feel for, like parents, like if your kid loves the Browns 
and the Browns are really good with Deshaun Watson. And you got to sit here and say, no, you can't get a Deshaun Watson jersey, even though he's lighting it up for you. And, you know, it could be at the end of this year or next year. And he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but but you don't want to give your kid that jersey because you know Deshaun Watson is, is a piece of shit. Like, but you like you don't want to tell your kids like exactly what happened. So you kind of have to like work around it. It's like it, it sucks, man. It sucks. Like I said, it sucks that the NFL and sport uh, sports organizations put fans in the middle of like having to justify shitty things that good players do in order yeah. for your team to be good. And that's the reality, unfortunately, of this situation with the Browns. I, I'm not leaving. And, and that's the one thing that I get. I, again, like I said, if you don't want to root for this team anymore, I, I mean, it's like we all have said, we don't blame you. Like, I, we would hope that <clears throat> whenever this era comes to an end, you know, you would come back. But again, I don't blame you if you don't come back. If your trust is shattered, again, I don't blame you. This is a very toxic situation for the Browns, the fan base, and sadly, the owners in a way, because I don't think Jimmy and D have thought this one through of what it was going to do with fans. I think Jimmy, at least, only thought of, I got a franchise quarterback. And yes, we won't talk about this all day. We will talk about how the team can look. I want to present this to both people who are offended by this, but also people who are excited by this. Because honestly, you know what I think? I think they did think it over and they go, we're going to piss off a lot of people. But we know in January, that fucking stadium is going to be packed and this team and this city is going to be electric. And I, in a lot of ways, I believe that because I think a good Browns team and I'm just going to say this, whenever this is all done, Deshaun has a lot of making up to do, like a lot of good PR shit he's got to do. And I'm just going to say the Haslam's. You have a lot of charities you need to start donating to right now. And I'm not talking about the stupid $5,000 donation. Uh, 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 uh. No, I want a no, you want, I want a thousand times more of that for these shelters. I'm sorry. I want millions going to these people. Like, well, I brought it up in, uh, so, you know, we've been doing spaces, you know, late, uh, like around. Yeah, like, I was on one. Like the last couple, uh, last couple nights and you know my thought was like hey it it sounds like they're gonna they could try to buy good PR like they gave Deshaun Watson 230 million dollars the Haslam that's kind of that's nothing you could you could easily put like 10 million dollars into any one of these charities around Cleveland and it would do a ton of good a ton of good but you know, to, you know, people who are skeptical, I guess, it'd be like, all right, you're just trying to buy goodwill because you brought in a piece of shit quarterback. And it's just like, 
almost like blood money a little bit but but then again it's it'll do good if they do something crazy if they do something like that you know that's why I mean? i'm saying it has to be an exorbitant amount of money because right if it's yeah. anything cheap then we know what it is if you're doing millions of dollars to charities that means we understand the optics of this we do not want to isolate you from the fan base and yes, you may not like our quarterback and you have every right to not like our quarterback, but we still want you to respect the team and appreciate us. So we're going to do this to show you, look, we understand we're trying to win football games. It is a business after all, but we understand what you guys feel. So we're going to do the right thing. If you can show me you're going to do that, then I might consider going to games because at the very least, I understand from a football standpoint, remove emotions out of it. Um, and not just donate money, though, but like go to like events and have Deshaun Watson speak, have, you know, the Haslam's go and speak, have the other players on the Browns that have been alleged for sexual assaults, because there is other players on the Browns too. have them go speak and be an advocate and say, this is not right we support you. We love you. We want to help you guys out as much as possible. Like I think that it's just showing it with a pocketbook's not going to be enough either. They and need honestly, to go out and, and, act honestly, like, and show that they care. And I'd like to think, because I know enough about D Hassel that she already has a plan in, in place to do the well, right things. And I, I have the utmost confidence that Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski are going to do those small things and make this team do those small things for the community, which, which is why, again, I'm not bailing on the Browns yet because I want to see how the team presents this. I want to see how the team, you know, acts to, you know, the backlash of it, because that's going to show me at the end of the day where they truly lie. Are they just, you know, greedy to win games or are they understanding of their fans? And while it sucks to have someone like Deshaun Watson on this team and, you know, we can no longer talk about the Ben Roethlisberger jokes, but then again, I think no organization is perfect in terms of anything. I mean, there were allegations. I hate to do this to Jets fans. There have been allegations on Joe Namath in his prime, for God's sake. So, Alex, the stadium, the the statue outside the stadium. Like I talked about this on the Dogland. Jim Brown, enough said. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. And it's I like, mean, we, and for Jim Brown, it's like 30 years worth of stuff yeah. since he's been retired. Like, yeah. like he was in, I'm pretty sure he was in jail in like the early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, and there's it, more stuff coming out about him now through the, uh, playboy mansion documentary on a and e somebody was telling me like there's some shady more shady stuff about jim brown coming out so and the team treats him like a legend because he is for what he did on the football field but there's a lot of shady stuff connected to jim brown and there is and he had and the team has him speak to these players i mean he's still a figure face for the organization he sits in the owner's suite every sunday for every home game i mean it's a lot I mean, it's There's just only two a lot. guys that deserve a statue in Cleveland: Larry Doby and LeBron James. That's it. That's it. 
what K are you gonna tear down all the other We're statues? tearing down the Jim Tomey statue. <laughs> what? Son of a bitch. Over my dead body, K. We're we're doing Whoa. it, man. We're doing it. Oh my god. You'll have to fight oh, me for the Tomey statue. <laughs> you can have it. You can okay. have it. Okay, I'll put oh, it up in my house. Put it in his backyard. Wow. Okay. Okay, I'll take the Feller one. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, I think we've talked long enough about how we feel about it. I do, again, I'm not trying to say, you know, to the people who love this, you know, you're, you're idiots, you're insensitive, blah, 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 blah. I think Look. the only people who are like that, in my opinion, are the people who just flat out try to discredit 22 uh potential victims and i think there aren't many of those out there i think it's more so if they're excited about it it's because six ain't the quarterback anymore and yeah and okay you have every right to be excited six ain't the quarterback but i think even they know it's like it's not like they're criticizing us for hating it for this reason that's the one thing that i can say for a lot of fans i appreciate if you love this you know you're not attacking us for hating it. And that's that's something I can appreciate. I know I've heard a few in the spaces that have just gotten so excited and they've just brushed aside, you know, the other stuff. And that's where I'm a little offended by certain people and very disappointed in them that they're just kind of like, we got to show it. Yes, yeah, all right. And, and they go like, yeah, but he did do this, but we got to show it, we got to show it. No, that that other stuff is pretty big. Like, don't sweep that under the rug. And to those people, I'm sorry, you're not representing the best of us. And I hate to say that. And if I was ever allowed in your space, I'd say to your face like a man. But you'd probably kick my ass out of that space before I would have a chance to say it. So there. Um, but anyways to the people that actually okay let me rephrase this to the people that are happy six is not the quarterback and you got an upgrade at quarterback can we all agree that's the right terminology at this point yeah well yeah Yeah. okay okay so to make this not all debbie downer episode let's actually look at this from a football standpoint, the way Andrew Barry is probably looking at this because he's a good GM and removes all emotion from the equation. First off, let's go around the table. Three number ones, a third round pick, and basically a fourth, fifth swap for Deshaun Watson. Remove, I ask both of you, remove, I hate to do this, the whole sexual assault stuff from the table let's try to do our best in this moment from an analysis standpoint to remove that and look at the player alone because we've just spent 30 minutes talking about the art stuff as a player for the price what is our reaction to that uh holy shit it only cost you three first round picks and (laughs) two late round picks that that i'll be honest that that is if if we're taking you're not wrong. If if you're taking any all that out of it, the the fact that you only gave up five picks, and you still own and you still have what four what four or five picks this year in the top 114 or something, 
Yep. Like you're going to you're going to get a couple picks for Baker Mayfield whenever you trade him. Um holy shit, you didn't have to give up Greg Newsom. You didn't have to give up JOK. You didn't have to give up any of your young players. Like <laughs> Andrew it's Barry. Not though, bad. It's awesome. I mean, who I remember cares? at this rem- point who cares about first round picks? You know, the, if you're a Browns if okay, again. And I know Every time we get excited thinking about it, we have to like kind of temper our expectations. No, that's fine. This, this, is a, this is a remove that stuff. We just spent the time talking about how we truly feel. Dude, it's awesome. This is a football only discussion. If we're only talking about football, it's awesome. Who cares okay. about so that, first round the, picks? Let me put a disclaimer on this. This is us. So disclaimer for anyone listening. This is us looking at it from a purely football standpoint. We are ignoring everything else like some of our listeners who may be looking past these allegations. So we're appeasing the other half of our potential half of our audience. Right. right, So that's all we're doing in this segment. We're just, you know, normal Browns fans who are conflicted, but also realize like, hey, the Browns just got a top five quarterback. Yeah. Five picks. Yeah. Yeah, Jack. I mean, Kay, Kay hit the nail on the head. The fact that we only had to give up draft picks in this deal was crazy because all the rumors that were out there that, you know, Denzel Ward was potentially in the trade, JOK was potentially in the trade, Greg Newsom. Um, yeah, the fact that we only gave up three number ones, the, the way that Barry structured this deal, giving up only one pick this year, two picks in 23 and two picks in 24 was genius. I mean, we knew that three number ones was going to be there, but the fact that, he didn't give up any pay, extra picks in this draft or any extra picks in the next draft was was phenomenal. So when you look at it from that aspect, I mean, a plus job by Andrew Barry, the way he was able to pull this trade off with strictly just draft picks. I want to say this earlier in the week. I'm fighting with uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Dale in Cleveland. Dale in Cleveland wanted to fire Andrew Barry's ass. For not being aggressive enough, Dale, you should be fired. And because you be fired, and because we were getting rid of the culture enhancers to the organization, like Jarvis Landry, Dale which wanted John Dorsey. John Dorsey couldn't have pulled off this masterful of a move if it slapped him in the face because he's a dumbass. You would give Dale, a five I, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say this because this is my shot at Dale. You talk about being cocky. I'm gonna be cocky right now. MF. The only reason you are on 850 is you didn't just kiss Aaron Goldhammer's ass. No, bro. You licked his asshole for years until he gave you a job at 850. And most of us worked our asses off for hours and hours and hours, like myself, doing five days a week, driving downtown every day to do an hourly show booking interviews on my own getting sponsors on my own and all you had to do is lick aaron's asshole to get a job you know what dude i just totally got you you should be fired and never allowed on the radio again because you're a dumbass like i'm sorry he is the epitome of like what is wrong with the media because you're just reacting you didn't think it through and you want to know how at the end of the day, we got Andrew, uh, how we got to Sean Watson? Because Andrew Barry was still aggressive even after he was told no. 
Now, granted, that could be viewed as maybe a good and a bad thing. Again, conflicted, but he was relentless on it. He was aggressive in his pursuit. I'm sorry. That's what you asked what you wanted. I mean, for Andrew Barry, I'm happy because guys like him and uh, Clarence Isle Buble, as I now call him, are basically trying to run him out of the city. And they just got egg on their face, like massive ostrich egg on their face. So bad that like you can't trust their credibility anymore. And for those reasons, I love what just happened because it's the ultimate F you to them. The ultimate. They don't know anything. You can't trust the word they say. Their bias is there. Great. Awesome. The way he pulled this off, the fact that there are no twos in this deal. Zero. We have our twos. How the hell did that happen? The Browns still sit at 44 with two threes. I mean, I'm going out on a limb here. I'm not going to be stunned if the Browns are still picking day one of the NFL draft by maneuvering those picks to go get a first round pick. I will not be stunned at all. If someone's falling, they didn't expect to fall. Like I'm going to throw a name out there just because he fits all the guardrails. Let's say Karloff this falls to, I don't know. Let's say he falls like 27, 28. He's going to be calling. He's going to try to pull it off. Because that fifth-year option on this five-year extension with Deshaun is going to look so good for him. And now he has the ability to maneuver, which I don't know how Houston allowed it. Is Bill O'Brien still running the franchise secretly from Alabama? Because I don't know how they couldn't have not gotten at least one, two out of him. Because I think Barry would have done it. I think Barry would have done it. It was like what uh, Casario had a quote today saying like, like, yeah, a little ironic that I, I ended up trading Deshaun Watson to my hometown, uh, Cleveland. <laughs> oh, so he gave his hometown discount. Thank you, Nick. You're not a good GM if you're doing that then. I mean, it could be because Deshaun may have gone back and said, I'm only waving it to Cleveland or else. Well, no, that, I'm not- that was it. That was it. Yeah. And I think that affected the price, which is just masterful on Deshaun's part to try to set himself up, which is great, you know, player development for himself. Um, It's smart. But at the same time, it's just like, man, if you are, if you're Casario, you're like, if you're really paying that, I would have said, you want to know what? Screw it. You're never playing again as long as you're under contract. Like, yeah, I, I think they just want. I think they just wanted. To I know they the wanted the situation. mess. They wanted the mess to be over. I get it. And a they week. have two, at least two first round picks the next couple of years. But it like, kind of brings me to. It, it brings me to an, an analogy almost of the '83 draft in the Colts and Ernie Acorsi. Acorsi said the big thing with something like that is being able to withstand the heat, and he had said his plan all along was to draft John Elway and hold him for a year, basically pull a Deshaun. And he said the reason being is Boomer Esiason was the best quarterback in the 84 draft, but he wasn't a first-round pick. He didn't go until the second round. Now imagine a year later 
John Elway's playing for the New York Yankees, and he's playing well, but he knows he probably should be playing football. And the NFL knows there is no first-round quarterback in this draft. Ernie's point is, how many teams would have been calling in that 84 draft? Everyone would have been, including the Cleveland Browns, who were going after Bernie Kosar at that time. They probably would have tried to go for Bernie first, but they may have tried to get John Elway. That's an alternate Browns history we could do. <laughs> I think that one might be a little bit too painful for Browns yeah, fans. Yeah, Browns fans ain't going to like that one. No, they won't. We win three Super Bowls. Spoiler alert. We probably <laughs> win four. We're the 49ers, not San Francisco. Uh, anyways, but I think if Casario, had, I mean, like he tried to pull that off. I think he had a better deal with Miami until the whole thing fell apart. And so be it. But sometimes you got to stick to your guns. And I don't think Casario did because he just wanted to move on, didn't want to handle the heat anymore. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing for Houston. Who knows? But from a football standpoint, man, I, I just don't know how he allowed Cleveland to keep their twos. I mean, like, that's just the thing that I'm having a hard try. Like, from a football standpoint, even in Houston, I have a hard time understanding this move. Um, in terms of a draft standpoint, man, I've done at least three mocks. I feel for Houston because there is no player of need that I've done in terms of my calculations that fits at 13. You have to trade down. You're well, better they, off. It, they they might just do that and get a, another first round pick for for 2023. Uh, well, are they going have, for CJ Stroud? Oh my I'm god! I'm just yeah. I mean CJ Stroud, young from Alabama. I mean you're, you're oh sitting pretty with with five first round picks in 2023 and and 2024 potentially that if is. they trade down from 13. Like that's enough to that's enough to move up anywhere. Let alone like they're not going to be good. <laughs> they're just no, not. they're not. Unless they really believe in Davis Mills and they're going to use these picks to build around him. Well, I mean, that's, that's what the plan is because if I'm them, I'll be honest. I'm training Laramie Tunsil to the Bengals today. Like I stick it to the Browns and go like, you paid three ones for him, but guess what? I'm going to get two ones for Laramie Tunsil, and he's going in your division. So I'm going to bet you're going to lose to them. Like that's exactly how I would do it. Cause if I'm going to own the next three ones of the Browns, I'm going to trade Tunsil to the main competition to them and bet on one of them losing. And then at the very least you get two mid first round picks or better yet, one of them falls apart and you have multiple high first round picks. Mm-hmm. It, that and, kind of brings up my theory about a potential Baker Mayfield trade. Like if you're going to trade him, if you could get, if you could trade him to Seattle and get Denver's 2023 first round pick, because one of those teams is going to beat the hell out of each other in, in the AFC West. And looking I mean, at the roster top to bottom, I think Denver might be that, if I'm willing to bet, I'm thinking maybe Denver's maybe might be that team that could potentially kind of fizzle out. And truthfully, if you're really to bet on Denver, it really isn't the NFC, AFC West. I'm sorry. 
the first team to lose their quarterback for any certain amount of time loses the division. They're already out. Like yep. if let's say he had that finger injury that kept him out for like a month. If he gets that, yeah, it's already over. You're getting at least a mid first round pick there. So, and you're, and you're also thinking he's the oldest quarterback in that division, mm-hmm. probably playing with the worst weather in Denver. Um, he's got a rookie co- uh, head coach and rookie uh, uh, play caller with, with uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Yep. I mean, if you're willing to bet on one of those teams to fail, I would think probably Denver has, it, it's a, I would, if you're going to guess on a first round pick on, on any of those teams, like I would say probably Denver would be the one, which I, and again, it was just something I was. No, it's not a bad idea. It's last a great night. idea. That's yeah. a great idea. I love it. Um, to kind of bring up Baker, uh, I kind of want to talk more so about this because obviously our sad reality of an ugly divorce is very, very, very real. Um, and it's getting worse by the day. And it may not be the only divorce Baker is going through. What? Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't post any articles online. Neither did I. I don't know what you're talking about, Alex. I don't know. Baker. I thought they have. Did a, you re- I, thought they're a, I thought they're a lovely family. What, what are you guys talking about? Maybe they're a lovely open family. Or Emily's just a succubus and uh, Baker realized it finally and said, you want, I need an out. <laughs> oh, geez. Alex. Hey, look, hey, look, what a, hey, whatever. Hey, they got a lot of money, man. Nothing I mean, surprises me. Nothing Listen, would surprise me. I said this in a space the other night when that stuff leaked out. He's not the first Cleveland athlete I know that stepped out on his wife. Oh, so. no. I he's mean, not going to be the last. And he, yeah, exactly. I mean, Delonte West was LeBron's daddy. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Calm down. Calm I'm, down. I'm sorry. I'm just happy he's playing in the big three. Good for you, Delonte. Yes. Yeah, I'm shout, happy for shout you. Shout out to Delonte West. That, overcoming your demons. I mean, nothing. Yes. That is, that's, there's something uplifting on this show. Delonte overcoming his demons. And playing in the big three, the positive spin on this show is Delonte West. God bless you, kid. Uh, but anyways, going to Baker, are we, number one, surprised with how he acted towards the end? And number two, are you, are you satisfied with how it ended with Baker? Okay, I'll let you go first. I mean, am I surprised? No. Somebody, anybody like him is ex- he who's extremely brash. You know he's going to burn the bridge. You know, once he, cro- once he crosses over that bridge, he's burning it down. There's no going back with Baker Mayfield or, or, and people, with, people like him. And you know what? That, that's fine. Um, am I, what was the second question? Am I like, please? That, Are you satisfied, satisfied? with how it ended? Um, I mean... The Browns are moving on from Baker Mayfield. Um, they traded five picks for a top five quarterback. Yeah, he's a piece of shit, but the Browns got a top five quarterback. So I'm, I'm not too terribly upset. And you, the idea that you could still get Baker Mayfield and probably recoup at least two of those picks. Um that's insane to think about. <laughs> yeah. And, and this, and here's the thing. 
that's the reality of the situation. You really are like, only potentially giving up three number ones. That's it. That that is the reality of the situation. This, again, and we talked about it early on. Deshaun Watson is a piece of shit, but he's yes, going to play in the NFL again, and he's going to play for the Cleveland Browns. And whether and there's nothing we can do there's to control nothing that. Anybody could do about that. Uh, he got a brand new fucking contract, all guaranteed, completely changing the game when it comes to quarterback money now. There's nothing any any fan could do about that. If you don't want to root for the, him, fine. But there's also the reality of the situation of when he's on the field, he is a top five quarterback. The Cleveland Browns are Super Bowl contenders. They're not yes. the fake pretenders. We don't have to convince ourselves Baker Mayfield is, you know, can can will us into the AFC championship or anything like that. The expectations are you're going to be one of the final four teams year in and year out when Deshaun Watson is playing quarterback for you. Yes. Agreed. And you could feel conflicted about that. You know what the football is. You know what the football football is. is The football. You know how good he is. There's no, you don't have to convince yourself. You don't have to convince yourself he's a top five quarterback because he is. And that's, that's the reality of the situation. So like, I'm not too terribly upset of how it ended with Baker Mayfield when Deshaun Watson is the guy. Like, I'll be honest with you. I tweeted out once uh, Watson said no to the Browns the first time. I'm like, thank God there's six months between week one so I could convince myself Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. You could have watched baseball in that time frame and just. Well, I wouldn't. I would. Hey, I watched the Guardians yesterday, man, winning three to two. Yeah. LFG, you know, RGI double, Yu Chang. Like, come (laughs) on. But it, it, you know, but the, the, the reality of the situation is, like, the Browns are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Players will want to come to Cleveland on one-year deals to try to go get a Super Bowl. Yeah. It, it's, it's, the, it's the LeBron effect, really. I, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. We're, as we're on the air, uh, Jack posted in our group chat, but Amari Cooper's contract has been restructured uh, into a salary bonus. Um and they've opened up $15 million in the cap space. So you might as well just book Will Fuller to the Browns now and maybe another wide out. So well, you yeah. so you have to think so that that's $15 million, right? You, you or trade it's Baker County. Yeah. You trade Baker Mayfield, that frees up another 18, right? Because he doesn't have any dead cap. You have uh they just traded Case Keenum right before we, you know, six you hit million. record. That's six million freed up. Um, now whatever they, they just signed Dead Jacoby Brissett. So. so whatever Jacoby Brissett, like, you know, maybe two, 3 million, maybe. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the thing. Our two new biggest additions, Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson, they're paying them $66 million in cash this year, but it's only going to count 15 million against the cap. That's Those insane. two combined. That's insane. He's a wizard. He's a he wizard. A, I, he's I'm a wizard. sorry. Like, and y'all wanted to trade him just. You, you guys should be the one. And, and here's the other thing, too, you know, about what they did. They're bracing for the suspension. They mm-hmm. Number one, well, they just yeah. went out and they got Jacoby Brissett. Number two, they reworked Deshaun Watson's contract to where he's he if he's suspended, he's only, he only loses about 60 grand per game yeah, that he's suspended. Yeah. Where if yeah. the original deal, 
he was going to lose about two million a game. So it is very dirty what the Browns are doing. It's it's honestly disgusting. And yeah, and the the big money isn't until what twenty twenty four when it, it's like a when his contract's like fifty eight million or something. I saw. Well, that was a hypothetical by Duffin. We don't know the official numbers because oh, okay, okay, the extension's technically not even finalized yet. They're still working out the language in it. Okay. But still, like that, oh. that would be that. That's insane to even think about. And about and, and I trust and I trust Duffin because he's he's he, I'm, I'm sure him and Andrew Barry and and the Browns cab guys uh, all share notes. He's got Dee Podesta on the West Coast and he's got Duffin across the oceans. Exactly. Also, yeah. uh, one of the uh, I'm sorry. Uh, You're good. What's it called now? Uh, the Faithful Dogs podcast, formerly. Yeah, really dangerous. They're saying we're close on Jadavion Clowney now, so that's not surprising. He might be coming back. I mean, I think after Deshaun, because he played with them, I think Jadavion's like, did yeah. I, well, after the trade, he I reposted he Deshaun's Instagram post of him photoshopped in a brown jersey. So yeah, so the writing was on the Jadavion, wall. Yeah, he's coming back, so that's good. Uh, and now the Browns don't have to worry about edge at the moment at, when they pick in the second round. So I'd still that's draft a positive. One. I, I think they will too. Drake Jackson, I mean, baby. I will Here, figure out who that second wave I like. Here's a thought. If if you're at 20, if a Jabo with the Achilles injuries at like 29, you trade, yes. you trade yes. up, you yes. get that extra fifth year option with him. Yes. You kind of have him red shirt for most of the year. Yes. Not even a question. Not yeah. even a question. Yes. Him and Miles Garrett is a dream. Like those two off the edge would terrorize everybody. Now, would they be able to stop the run? No, that's the only downside with Ojabo. He can't stop the run, but you know, we'll see. We'll see with him. So I don't know how far he's going to fall. I don't think he's going to slip much because if teams aren't as concerned about Achilles injuries, like uh, Matt Miller was saying this morning, he's probably going to be in that, mid 20s range and i think dallas I mean, if you, is that if you're, sweet spot i mean even if you're houston like you trade down maybe um, maybe maybe a jabo like hey you're not trying to win this year but you have a guy for like I, I don't know i'm just kind of spitballing like for teams that are trying to rebuild and like trying to gain assets i think know? it's more so a team that would have their defensive line set right now that in terms of money, they really can't spend on anyone except for draft picks. Right. And right, right. they're prepping for when that money comes off the book, like Demarcus Lawrence in Dallas. I love that spot for Ojabo because it allows him to kind of ease himself back. And then, you know, when Demarcus Lawrence's contract expires in three years, then Ojabo should be at full strength, realizing his full potential, and Dallas is going to prioritize him. And move on from Lawrence at that point. So that's where I think I'm spoiling it. Mach 3.0. I pretty much have locked Dallas to take David Ojabo because it's such a perfect fit. But um, back before our tangent, Jack, uh, the thoughts on the whole Baker scenario, and then I'll give my thoughts as his former advocate. I mean, like... Kay had pulled up the clip on Thursday. We all called this. Like, I remember talking about this with Anthony, with friends after the Steelers game when, when Baker's like, it's my decision. It's time that I make my decision for me and my family. And I was like, he's Bolton. And I mean, those, 
the writing was on the wall and shout out to Mary Kay Cabot because she took a lot of shit the last couple of months about her reporting when it came to Baker Mayfield. And she was right. And all the Baker bros wanted to smash her. Baker smashed her publicly saying that she was making fake news. Like Mary Kay was on it from January on. And it was just like, we all seen it coming. We knew it was going to be an ugly divorce. And, and the thing is, and hopefully we get some clear clarity if the Browns did, I think the Browns did tell them that they were going to, he was going to be the starter, but they were going to look at upgrades. I think what Baker was mad about is that they didn't tell him that they weren't going to meet with Deshaun Watson on Tuesday. And I think that's what drove him over, over the edge. That's why he penned his, he wants to say thank you letter. It was more or less the goodbye letter because that was the beginning of the end. And then the fact that, you know, they swung and missed originally on Deshaun. So they went back and said, Hey, you're our guy. And I think Baker finally just said, F you. He goes, I'm not going to be your, uh, your backup plan. And, I mean, and it, and it sucks that it came to this point. Cause I feel like all of us liked Baker at one point, but we all knew that an upgraded needed to be made because it, it wasn't just a shoulder injury. The fact that like you could see on the field that it wasn't the shoulder that was making him not be able to read defenses not being able to see open receivers. Like we all knew this was coming. We knew that Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski were not going to hitch their careers to Baker Mayfield and Baker felt entitled and he felt like he, he was the guy and he was the, the reason why this franchise got back to where it was. And he, he really needs to go be humbled. I think Mike Florio said it best. He's, he said the Browns should cut him. That's a dumb thing to do because he'll sit at home and collect 18 million and not have to really play. Like he needs to be humbled. He needs to be, go somewhere. And hopefully wherever he goes, he gets humbled and realizes, Hey, I screwed up in Cleveland. I need to make this right. I need to work my ass off to try to stay in this league because at this point, I mean, he'll be a starter somewhere, but if he doesn't get his shit together, he isn't going to be in the starter for the league much longer. And I, I, I kind of want to build that off of that to my thoughts because, and okay, we'll get to you in a second. I, I, I do want to say this because from what I'm reading in the Baker, he's always playing the victim. It's always, oh, woe is me. I'm the one that's being treated unfairly, blah, 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 blah. He could sit there and say, well, I had four, three head coaches in three years or four head coaches in three years four offensive coordinators and God knows how long, blah, 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 blah. I never had a chance. And yet here's my argument to that. One of, I mean, there have been multiple players that have been through that and have come out great. Alex Smith is one of them. I mean, not the best example in the world, but he went through offensive coordinators like there was no tomorrow and he turned out fine. Matthew Stafford went through multiple head coaches early in his career, and he was fine. I mean, there are multiple players that have gone through this and come out okay. Baker, I feel, after that 2018 season said to himself, "I'm my talents are good enough, so I'm not really going to work on anything in the offseason. I'm going to go get married, and you know, I'm just going to chill. And then he put on weight. And then he played like crap under Freddie Kitchens, who also called a crappy game himself. So it was all crap. Then he, I thought that was going to be the turning point. Okay, I'm going to be humble. You know, I played like shit. I need to get my act together. Okay, there's a new head coach. We're running a new system. 
Now I got to learn a system I've never run before. I better get this together because the guys that got me here aren't here anymore. And he played great. And after sucking for the first five weeks, he then led us to the playoffs and a playoff win. Here is where great quarterbacks separate themselves. After they lose to a team like the Chiefs, they do nothing but work on their game to make sure that crap never happens again. Baker didn't do that last offseason. He did a couple of gatherings with his teammates in his comfort zone. You need to get out of your comfort zone to get better because you're not challenging yourself. And from what, what it looked like, these retreats were not practices. It was them chilling in Lake Travis. Like, or didn't God. they go to Lake Tahoe right before the oh, season started? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think it was something like that too. They really didn't work on anything. So Baker came in thinking, oh, I'm, I, I, I figured it out now. I know how to run this system. It's going to be great. I got an O-line now. Everything's great. After that first week, he loses, plays great. Then he gets injured. And then he doesn't know how to, you know, compensate for the injury because he hasn't been practicing all offseason. What's Baker doing this offseason so far? Coming off the injury. Is he really working or is he out there partying? Well, he can't really work with the shoulder. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. You should be studying tape or oh, yeah. something like that. What team, instead though? Of, Hold on. For what team? Yeah. He should be I, he should he should be walking, watching back his old tape and maybe talking with a coach about his footwork that is a complete mess. His feet aren't broken. He could be working on his feet. And yet, no, you know, he's not really doing that. He's going to concerts. He's going to all these things because COVID sanctions are lifted. Great. Awesome. But he's going to all these things and he's not doing what he needs to do to get better. And that tells me all I need to know. When the Browns are questioning if he's the guy since the minute they arrived, he has done nothing to back that he is the guy outside of a great two and a half month stretch in 2020. That's it. He didn't work on himself. And I think the Browns knew that going into 2021 as to why they didn't offer him an extension at all, because I think they knew what he was doing in the off season. And they were like, bro, you're not really even working. Like, why should we pay you 40 million if you're not putting the effort, if you think you're just good enough? I think there is some stuff that's behind the scenes we'll never know about. But I think the actions of Andrew Barry in the front office tell you everything you need to know. I don't think Baker has been ever fully invested and truly getting himself to that next level. I think we'll know. Yeah, I think the we'll know in his tra- next de- destination. The moment he's traded, hit pieces will come out. Obviously, Baker had his boy, Jake Trotter, which Jake's a good dude. We we had him on the Dogland podcast when he first came to Cleveland, but we all know that first article had to come from Baker's side to try to explain things. But I, I'm, I'm waiting for Clarence Isle Buble to write his first piece, so when it's all over. I'm sorry, he's Clarence Al Buble. I, I I hear you. I hear you. 
Like, just because you haven't met him yet doesn't mean he hasn't met him yet. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't met Hayden yet. Seems like a good dude, but he also seems like a D-bag. He, he's probably a mix. I mean, he I've probably been told is. he's a good dude, but at the same time, yeah, he's pretty steadfast. I know why you don't like him. Oh, yeah, well. You no know, names, please. Well, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Exactly. Um, but what anyways, are we talking about? I have no idea. But uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, <laughs> moving on from Baker, I I think it's about time. You know, now that we have Deshaun, yep, they're going to do it. Great. Awesome. And we got Jacoby Brissett, baby. We did sign Jacoby Brissett, so this offense we, is completely changing now. because. And, and we traded Case Keenum. So basically, get them all out of here. We're not running the hand system anymore. You realize that? Oh no! I think we all kind of expected that once we started getting personnel in here, Stefanski was expanding that offense. It's going to be a zone run vertical offense. Pretty. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, after they they decided that yeah, you're we're paying Case Keenum six million dollars to literally do nothing when Baker's literally dying on the field and you don't trust him to, to win you a games down the stretch. Like you, you have no use for me. I'm sorry, Case Keenum, but like we we, we saw how Kevin Stefanski actually like sees him and values him. I think um, also people kind of forget like their, their relationship uh, uh, was only for like the one year and, uh, Stefanski was the quarterback's coach. He wasn't the offensive coordinator. That was yeah. the Pat Shermer year in Minnesota, where when K- when Case Keenum. Co- so he's never really had like, I don't know the narrative. Excuse me, bit, like, you said a name that's making me twitch. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, but whatever. <laughs> but it, but it's just like, and I'm genuine right now. <laughs> Hey, you're you're in third and long because you didn't do something right on first and second. Hey, no. hey, this offseason, Stefanski is emphasizing that throwing and catching is really important. It is very important. Oh, it's important God. on defense. You prevent the score. Oh my God. Are we gonna play prevent defense again? Damn it, Joe Woods. Well, the the the, the goalposts are in the same spot. <laughs> I I miss <laughs> Greg. <laughs> When you play outside the rules, you get penalized. Yeah. I'm starting to miss Greg Williams every day. Damn it. Are you? Uh, anyway. about, yeah. What? We're not talking about that. <laughs> hey, that video popped up on my YouTube feed again recently, and I had to die. Because I was like, I was like, Kay's video's back. I'm, Dude, I but like, oh honestly, like, you know, it's interesting, you know, kind of going back to like Deshaun Watson and, you know, the, the actual trade. I have yet to see an official thing from the Browns, right? Like, I didn't – did I miss something? So, as of Saturday morning, Tom Withers have reported that they are still finalizing contract language. So, I don't know what that means, but that's why the Browns haven't officially announced it yet. Because Probably there's, outs there's, or if anything is to come of the allegations, I'm guessing. Voids if like the that. suspension's longer. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, exactly. And so. voids if Deshaun screws up again basically yes yeah so which i'm sure that's probably typical stuff in contracts i would think so no there but, there are those in there but yeah. there have been some where they haven't been in there and yeah teams come to collect and they don't get it 
So. But I do find it weird that like Houston immediately said uh, goodbye to Sean Watson. Look at all our picks. And the Browns are like crickets, like nothing. Like they, I figured that they were trying to push it back as long as they could before making like an official announcement to like get all their, you know, all their Ducks statements in a, row. in a row. Yeah. To, to make sure everybody's on the same page trying to, you know, cause you know, they got to do a, they have a giant PR job to try to rebuild. I'd hate to be Watson's. in that. I, I, I'd hate to be on that PR. <laughs> yeah. And for somebody who before this, like was universally loved by everybody, like Deshaun, like you didn't hear a bad thing about Deshaun Watson. before. No, any of that's, this. Yeah. And that's why that's what makes it stranger so too. Yeah. yeah. That's where like the doubters are like, you know, that's where they circle back and say, well, no, he probably couldn't have done. It's all made up. And it's like, guys, it's 22. Mm-hmm. There's no freaking way. I think like, originally there, there is- when we, when we heard this, it was like, okay, well, that's weird. Cause he just requested a trade like a week ago. And then these allegations come out and then a couple of the, like the people who are suing Deshaun Watson, the lawyer is friends with, the McNair family so it was just like this weird like situation but then like you know more of the story came out and you're like oh this is this is really yeah bad. at first you feel crazy. like it's an it, it's one of those Alex Jones conspiracy theories right you know, right right it's not it's not it, it no. is sadly I, I'd love it to be an Alex Jones conspiracy theory for once in my life I can't believe I'm saying that I love for one of those theories to be true but it's not true not even the slightest there's no way so, and we as Browns fans, we got to deal with it now and we're in it. And if, again, if you choose to jump ship, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to hate you. None of us are. Not at all. Like, not at all. Now, if you go to an in, in division rival team, I'm sorry, I will judge you because number one, that means you were never a fan. Number two, each of those fan bases have had to deal with similar players. So don't sit there and tell me that you know they're much better than we are what what i honestly what i'll say for to any fan that's that's super conflicted look if if you want to renounce your browns fandom fine and if you want to try to search out uh, another team all i'll say is good luck because every team has dealt with shitty players every team has a history of dealing with shitty players, shitty people as players. So, you know, I think most Browns fans are going to be like, hey, I'm a Browns fan through and through. I can't stop rooting for them. It is what it is. I have no control over what they do. And I don't like Deshaun Watson as a person. But let, let's be for real. In January, nobody's going to care if they're winning games in January and February. That's yep. just the honest truth. And it'll be interesting. Like, I had a tweet. I was, I'm, I'm curious, and, and, you know, I'll get your guys' opinion. Like, what trajectory does the Deshaun narrative go the next couple years? Does it go the narrative of Ben Roethlisberger, where it's brought up every single time? Or does it get brought up like Kobe's, uh, you know, issue in, in what was it? Oh, four. Uh, I, I think if like he can, consist- people don't talk, people don't talk about like 
the Kobe thing. And obviously like after he died and when people brought it up, when he died, fans were pissed. It's like, well, why are you, he died? Like, why are you bringing that up? But it's like, it, it's something that happened. Yeah. So I don't know. I think if he wins and wins consistently and wins multiple Super Bowls and turns into that Michael Jordan that uh, Dabo always talked about, I think it can kind of get swept under the rug because that's what happens with great players. Now, if he becomes, you know, almost like Bernie-esque getting to the AFC championship game, it will always be brought up. It always will. Winning makes it go away because the Ben Roethlisberger stuff, it happened, but he won two Super Bowls and he won one of them in the last minute. So people just forget. And he's going to go into the Hall of Fame, even though he's a rapist. Like, I'm sorry, that that's sickening to me. And, but he won, so people forget. And that it's a powerful thing, what winning a championship and a piece of jewelry does to your entire life. Sadly. So, um, yeah. So I think we've covered all that we can possibly cover on this today, guys. Uh, I, have one more, I have one more question. Okay, one more, Kay. As of right now, where does Baker end up? Seattle. I'm going to say Carolina. Oh, Nick Wilson, give me a trade off for you, son of a gun. Although, <sighs> that I'm, means you know, they would probably have the Darnold in. and Baker in the same room. I will give you Baker and 44 for six right now. Let's go. Let's go. I'm oh, here man. for it. Oh, my Let's God. Let's do it. Could you imagine? And then, I will, and then I will trade down from six and get three number ones. And I'll have all first-round picks again, and I'll look like a genius. It'll be like draft day, except we don't need a kick returner because we got Jakeem Grant. No, I need a kicker. You're going to throw in a kicker just because I feel like we're it. drafting. We're drafting Dicker, the kicker in the seventh round. No, he missed a kick in the senior bowl. Absolutely not. That He's means nothing to me. It means everything to me. Well, good for you. Jordan Stroud had a 70 you, yard punt and he's on my list in the seventh you, round of draft. You pancake eating motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> we live in a different world than we did two minutes ago. <laughs> now they're a bunch of puss cakes. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Kay, I want to thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank uh, you. Kay. Thank you. Thank and you. And giving thank us you. your perspective on this. I know this is a tough episode. For a lot of Browns fans to handle. I get it. It's fine. Uh, next week, we'll talk more draft. Uh, if I have time. I mean, I'm in Saratoga for another week. So we'll figure it out when we can figure it out. Um, and then we'll go from there. So there may not be a show next week. We're going to try. No guarantees. We will be back in two weeks. Uh, barring anything unforeseen in my life. Which that might actually be a thing uh who knows i don't know what the hell i'm talking about we'll see but until then guys thank you so much for listening we love you browns fans we love you dog pound we're gonna we're gonna handle this the way we need to handle it so to all of you at least know we as fans are united together on this one and we appreciate all of you and we will talk to you next week until then we're out and when i woke up this morning i was feeling pretty dangerous
rebound, they give it to Green. Green stutter step, he's through. First down, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, William, run. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. In the backfield, two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Looks going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Hopping once, now throwing long down the left side. Slaughter has it. He's going in for a touchdown! 